hey, Joe Casaboni here, and I'm just letting you know that how I built it is now Streamlined Solopreneur. So if you're seeing a new artwork and a new name in your podcast player, that is expected and by design. The new name better reflects the mission and really what has been the mission of this show for the last few years, and I'm really excited about it. All the links in the show notes and how I built it will still work, but the show also has a new home over at streamlined.fm if you want to check it out. Thanks so much for listening. Real quick before we get started, I want to tell you about the Build Something Weekly newsletter. It is weekly, it is free, and you will get tips, tricks, and tools delivered directly to your mailbox. I will recap the current week's episode and all of the takeaways. I'll give you a top story, content I wrote, and then some recommendation that I've been using that I think you should check out. So it is free. It is weekly. It's over at howibuilt.it slash subscribe. Go ahead and sign up over at howibuilt.it slash subscribe. Welcome to episode 195 of How I Built It. Today's sponsors are Yes Please Coffee, iThemes, and Hostinger. Uh, And today... We're talking to Naomi C. Bush. Now, throughout this season, we've talked about how to create content that builds your audience. And the best way to build that audience and interact with them is forms. Well, Naomi tells us all about some great ways to build helpful forms for users. This is a much more traditional episode of How I Built It, and I'm excited because Naomi talks about how she built her business and then provides some actionable advice from us. And she is uh, she's a great developer. She provides really good insight. Uh, her business is based on Gravity Forms, whom we've spoke to in the past, but uh, her her insight and her views on um, kind of how she, especially, I don't want to spoil any of this, but, uh, and I'm just kind of riffing here, but um, I liked her, I asked her how she figures out what is free and what is paid, because this is something that I struggle with, and I liked her answer, so definitely listen up for that. It's a great episode, though. She provides great advice and uh, just lots of really fantastic resources here, so we'll get into all of that and more, but... Let's hear from our first sponsor. Hey, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Yes, Please Coffee. You've heard me talk about them all summer long, and now we're into the fall. Upgrade your morning with Yes, Please. Yes, Please is a fantastic coffee subscription. Uh, So they send freshly roasted beans to your door. And as somebody who's been using it for about six months now, maybe five months, uh, I can say that it this works like gangbusters. Coffee just shows up to my door. I have not had to worry about buying coffee in a long time. And, and you know, my wife and I will do that because I have like a little analysis paralysis with coffee. I like to try new coffee. Um, so I usually tell her not to get it from the grocery store. I want to order some. Uh, and... Sometimes we'll run out. Maybe we had a party. Maybe we didn't order enough. Maybe we made like two pots one day instead of the normal one pot. But uh, we were running out of coffee. I don't have to worry about that with Yes, Please. They tick all the boxes because 
Not only do they send me a new bag every week, uh, but each week I get to try a new blend of flavors. So it helps me mix it up a little bit. I don't have to say, oh, I really want to try a new kind of coffee. I get a new kind of coffee every week. It's generally on the lighter side. There are hints of, of fruit in a lot of them, and I'm not like a coffee expert, but uh, that's what I have detected. So uh, I love it. I've been loving Yes Please Coffee for, uh, again, all summer. It helped me get through uh, finishing up my, my HTML book. It helped me get through... Uh, two LinkedIn learning courses that I recorded, and it has helped me stay awake since the birth of my son, Lewis. So if you are ready to upgrade your mornings with unique blends of coffee beans, sign up for Yes Please Coffee today. You can head over to howibuilt.it slash yes and use the code HIBI for five bucks off your first shipment in your subscription. And don't worry, you can skip shipments or cancel anytime. Again, that is howibuilt.it slash yes. And use the code H-I-B-I for $5 off fantastic, delicious coffee beans shipped right to you. Again, that's howibuilt.it slash yes. And now back to the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, how did you build that today? My guest is Naomi C. Bush. She is the head Gravity Forms Wrangler at Gravity Plus. She's also known as the Gravity Guide. I'm happy to welcome her onto the show. Uh, Naomi, how are you today? I am doing absolutely wonderful. Thank you, Joe. Uh, Thanks for joining us today. I'm excited to talk about uh, building forms that can help content convert. On the show so far, we've talked about different content strategies and developing ideas, but we haven't gotten into some of the nitty gritty for actually getting people to act on your content. So I'm excited to talk to you about that today. But first, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. So uh, like you said, my name is Naomi C. Bush. Uh, I have been in the WordPress community for many, many years now, uh, over over 10 years. Um, actually, I've been a Gravity Forms user for um, for the, um, the, the full time. So, wow. uh, been around for a while, um, run a, organize a WordPress meetup. Um, actually the only WordPress developer meetup, uh, here in the state of Georgia. Um, also been a WordCamp organizer. Uh, and I don't know if you remember the original Gravity Forms forums, uh, but I was, uh, an active member of those. So, um, you know, I'm just really, really proud of of the fact that I've been able to contribute to uh, both the wider WordPress community as well as the uh, the Gravity Forms community. And so, where my Gravity Forms experience comes in is, you know, as a Gravity Forms user, um, I needed uh, I needed a Stripe add-on, and at that time, Stripe was very new, uh, and so. You know, I asked Rocket Genius, the makers of Gravity Forms, you know, hey, can you make this add-on for me? And they were like, hmm, looks interesting. You know, maybe, you know, maybe <laughs> one day we'll get to it. Uh, and so I needed it. And so I went ahead and built it and then offered it to the community. And then the community started paying me for it uh, because they wanted to see it continue. Uh, and so that's how Gravity Plus, uh, my company, was born Um 
and I ended up building the first paid add-on for uh, for Gravity Forms, which kind of sparked, you know, this whole uh, paid add-on uh, business ecosystem around Gravity Forms now. So I'm yeah. really proud of that, and um, that's that's what I've been doing for the last, I guess, eight, going on nine years now, uh, Gravity Plus. So Wow, that's fantastic. And that's like a little... Uh it feels like a little callback to some of my older episodes where uh, I would interview specifically developers because I'm a developer myself and th- mm-hmm. those are the questions I uh, like to ask and stuff like that. But, um, you know, you you were scratching your own itch and you turned it into uh, a business, which is always, always fun to hear. And now it looks like you have a handful of uh, Gravity Forms add-ons here that um, serve several different purposes. That's right. That's right. I like to say, you know, we have a nice little home, a nice little collection of, um, you know, these these original add-ons for Gravity Forms that really, like you said, just really aim to serve a purpose. Um, you know, none of it was, you know, kind of pie in the sky. Oh, let's just build this. But no, I need this. So I'm going to build it and then let me offer it to others. Yeah, that's that's great. And it makes perfect sense. That's that's basically where my plugins come from, though. I haven't taken the leap yet to make any of them commercial because I'm like afraid of the support aspect of it. Yeah. For some reason. Um, but uh, I, I really, I really love that. And so before we get into the kind of the content aspect of it, um, how, I guess you kind of answered this already, but how do you decide um, whether an add on for gravity forms is let's say commercially viable, even though that like, is very corporate-y sounding. Um, sure. How do you decide what's worth selling? Um, so for me, because I always like to, um, I always like to maintain a community focus. I always like to give back because this community has given so much to me. Um, you know, so little things that don't require a lot of support, um, that don't require a lot of research, that don't require a lot of maintenance. Excuse me. <clears throat> you know, those are the things that you know I feel comfortable making free. Um, you know, I come from the era in WordPress where we used to see, um, and this is, you know, Gravity Forms is the first uh, first paid plugin for WordPress, you yeah. know, period. So I come from the, the era in WordPress where everything had to be free. And so, you know, as a business, you would start using a plugin and then the plugin owner needed to make money. You know, they needed to feed their family. They needed to, to support themselves. And so, you know, we had this plugin graveyard. Uh, and so that's what that's what I'm always, you know, kind of balancing, balancing there. Uh, you know, is it going to require a, a lot of support, a lot of my time, uh, things like that, because I don't want to mislead anyone uh, and have them relying on something heavily. You know, so a Salesforce add on, you know, like I have versus versus my utility plugin. I mean, Salesforce is huge. It's it's a full time job. Wow. Uh, yeah. So I, I, you know, I cannot legitimately, you know, if I consider it, um, you know, a fiduciary responsibility to serve my customers, I can't legitimately provide that to you for free. That would be doing you a disservice because people rely on Salesforce so much in their business and it's so huge. Um, you know, so I, you know, I, I have to have, uh, you know, an exchange there. That will allow me to support you and you support me. Yeah, that's such a great way to put it. Um, you know, because people do think, is it going to take me a lot of time to support? Can mm-hmm. I, like, are people willing to pay for it? But if 
if you're going to have a fiduciary responsibility, I really love that, uh, that mm -hmm. phrasing, then um, I think it really is important, right? It's the difference mm -hmm. between when I put out a YouTube video versus when I put out a course because right. YouTube videos are not going to be supported as well as if you are a student in my courses and you have access to my forums. That's right. um, so I, and you know, that's going to, again, depend on the content. What am I teaching? Mm -hmm. What are you building? So uh, I think that's, I think that's really great. And um, as far as, so for anybody who's listening, who's not necessarily a WordPress user, there are a lot of forms plugins for WordPress. There are a lot of free forms plugins for WordPress. Uh, Gravity Forms is completely paid. And let me tell you, uh, as somebody who's been through the lot of them, uh, I, <laughs> I, I always make my way back to Gravity Forms. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I know <laughs> the Ninja Forms guys. Uh, James has been on my show. I'm a big fan of their work. Um, but for for what I use and, and generally the level at which I'm using Gravity Forms, mm -hmm. it makes more financial sense for me to pay for Gravity Forms and all of their add-ons is one thing. Um, and the developer the developer hooks and, and the customization, I feel, in Gravity Forms is a little bit better there too. Absolutely. You know, I've, I've been there as well, you know, kind of been around the, the whole Forms plugin because, you know, once you start with one, then there's the... Um, you know, there's the allure of, oh, well, let me let me do all of the forms plugins. Let me provide add-ons for all of them. And so yeah. uh, I I ran into the maturity issue and, um, you know, ended up back at Gravity Forms. So awesome. Yeah. And and um, so, yeah. So for those listening again, who if you're trying to figure out which one to use, um, I would look at the feature set. The The difference for me was when I was using Ninja Forms versus if I should go back to Gravity Forms was I wanted ConvertKit uh, integration. I wanted Zapier integration. I wanted something else. And right there, the cost of Gravity Forms outweighed or was was lower than the cost of all of the add-ons or whatever for um, Ninja Forms. Plus, again, as a developer myself, I have an easier time uh, customizing Gravity Forms as needed. And I think what you speak to there is what I consider the biggest strength of Gravity Forms, and that's its ecosystem. Um, you know, its its ecosystem is still unmatched. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, you know, we, um, well, I know, I believe Ninja Forms just went through a period where they kind of bought back all of or, uh, uh, the add-ons from people who were willing to do it. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I don't want to just pick on Ninja Forms here. I'm <laughs> more familiar with their story yeah. um, because I know the guys and I know people who made add-ons. But, um, you know, if you look at Gravity Forms, I think probably you you do have a different audience there because they are premium out of the box, right? There's no free version. And so with the Gravity Forms community, you have, you know that people are willing to pay for the thing that they need, right? Mm -hmm. That's correct. Awesome. So hopefully we've convinced some listeners to check out Gravity Forms. I'll have a link to <laughs> Gravity Forms as well as uh, Naomi's stuff in the show notes below. Um, below this episode, I should say. Um, and uh, But now let's say that we've picked Gravity Forms uh, and we've been talking a lot about content this season. And uh, build your list is something that... Uh, that keeps coming up, build your email list, capture those people who are coming to your website. Um, what are, what are some maybe general web form practices you would recommend to, to try to capture, uh, people who are coming to your website? 
Sure. So the first thing is keep it simple. Um, you know, this is very general. You know, don't try to capture all of their information at once. You know, don't try to marry them right away. You know, just say, hi, <laughs> you know, I'm Naomi. What's your name? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, and so that can consist of, you know, maybe just a first name and an email address or maybe it's just an email address. Um, you know, that's that's something very general. You know, that's that's the first thing uh, in terms of a general web form practice. I would say the uh, the next thing is offer them something. Uh, what something that I've seen a lot is uh, I think over the years it's become known as a content upgrade um, but I've seen it on these larger sites where they'll say you know what we're providing you great content uh, it, it's a little bit longer uh, would you like to have a PDF copy of this we'll send it to you uh, and so right there in the article the person can put their email address and they'll receive a PDF copy uh, of of the article itself and you can do all I mean that's just a form you know one of the things that you'll always hear me say throughout any of my talks is that a form is simply a way to receive information and then do something with it so if you want to send someone a PDF copy of the article well you need to receive their email address <laughs> so that you know where to send it so a form is is a way that uh, that you would do that so uh, that's something very simple uh, very general uh, that that I've seen in terms of in terms of building that list. Awesome, yeah, and I, I like that first tip. Don't marry them all at once. I really like that because I mean, even with checkout forms, like I'm primed and I'm ready to buy something, and then like they want my phone number or something, and I'm like, yeah. you don't you don't need my phone number. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, so like you know, it's it, too many fields. Asking them t- for too much information at once could be a turnoff. And um, mm-hmm. as far as the content upgrade goes, I have a, a follow up question because I, I will stick, um, you know, I'll stick a form at the bottom of the article. People mm-hmm. have made it to the end, uh, so I assume they liked it or they were just like hate reading it. <laughs> uh, but I've also seen content upgrade forms kind of in the middle of an article. Do you That's have right. any Do you have any opinions on that, or have you seen anything that works or doesn't work there? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's great. Uh, and one of the things that um, that we had talked about before is you can even actually track to see which of those forms is converting the best, uh, whether it's in the middle or at the bottom, you know. And so, uh, dynamic population plays a role in that where um, each form, you know, you can kind of dynamically populate where you can say, hey, this one was in the middle, this one was at the end, that's a field, you know, on that form, the location of it. And then uh, depending on which one is submitted, that will depend on which, um, you know, which variable was sent in. So, I mean, absolutely, especially if it's a longer article, you know, someone may say, hmm, this is really good. I want to come back to it. And right before they leave, you know, they see an option to say, hey, um, you know, take it with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's that's really that's really interesting. And when you say um, dynamic population, you mean that the field in a form is dynamically populated, right? That's that's correct. OK, that's correct. But there's also the idea that like there are um, ways to like automatically insert forms or content somewhere in the middle. Is that right? Or, or am I misremembering something else there? So you're talking about automatically inserting a form into the middle? 
right, right. Of, of like, the page. Yeah, like with you know, because with the block editor and WordPress mm-hmm. now, it's very easy to say add a Gravity Forms block where you want to, and you might want to do that, right? You make a particularly good point, and then you want to hit them with the form right after that. But um, if you don't remember to do that, is there a way for it to automatically happen? Uh, so it would be programmatically. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could make that happen. But there's not currently, you know, some kind of off-the-shelf plugin that will gotcha. automatically put a form, uh, at least a Gravity Forms add-on right. that will automatically put that there. Interesting, interesting. So, um, cool. Maybe something for yeah. one of us <laughs> to think about. Yeah. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Yeah, because I, again, I can. It's. I mean, I guess short codes. Short codes are probably not the best way to do it anymore. But you could just. Yeah. Figure out how many paragraphs there are. Pick a random one. Insert the Absolutely. After it. Yeah. Absolutely. So there are there are WordPress plugins that do that, but not mm-hmm. specifically any Gravity Forms add-ons. Gotcha. gotcha. Right. Cool. Yeah. Uh, good to know. But still, uh, I think probably the 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 better route here, based on what you said and what I was mm-hmm. brainstorming, is pick a point, pick a part of the article where you make a, a really good point, right? Where you right. where you want to take it. You want to take it home. They're like, yeah, that's that's a good idea. And then it's like, hey. You want to maybe give me your email address? <laughs> I have lots of good ideas. That's right. <laughs> um, and another thing with that is another thing in terms of just your content and getting people to convert and building that list is uh, free tools. Um, you know, so it could be or just a way to kind of um, just round up everything that you've talked about in an article. So you may say, hey, would you like a list of everything that we discussed here as well as the locations to find it? You know, it depends on your audience. It depends on your niche. Um, But that could be something that's very helpful. Let's say for you, if it's about podcasting and, hey, I'll send you a list of all of my equipment uh, and exactly, exactly where I found it or, you know, exactly where to get it. That's something as well. Uh, People like those. This episode is brought to you by Hostinger. Hosting is a dime a dozen these days, with lots of places claiming to be optimized for platforms like WordPress while also being affordable. But they don't deliver on that promise. I know because I've tried a bunch of different hosting companies. But you know who does deliver? Hostinger does. I recently started using Hostinger for a personal project and I was blown away by how easy the setup was and how affordable their packages are. Just a few dollars a month. They offer the best price to quality ratio I've ever seen. And again, I've used a ton of hosting companies. Their dashboard is well-designed and easy to use. They offer a free domain and SSL certification, and they're optimized for WordPress. Music to my ears. When I set up my site, I was happy to see they put some real thought into the WordPress onboarding and setup process. Buying a domain was easy. Then you pick the template you want to use, and they set up the site for you in mere minutes. Plus, they use Astra for all of their site templates with an assist for Elementor. So I know the site will be fast. I think that is such a great idea and addition. Uh, And uh, again, it shows that they really thought about what they're doing here. Plus, they have caching and you can very affordably add Cloudflare for a CDN. Between that 
and daily backups and being able to manage WordPress plugins without having to log into the WordPress dashboard, I was sold. So if you're looking for affordable hosting for your side project or business that's fast, secure, and optimized for WordPress, Hostinger is it. Head over to hostinger.com slash Joe Casabona to see what plans they offer. I recommend the business shared plan and use the code Joe Casabona for an additional discount. That's hostinger.com slash Joe Casabona, H-O-S-T-I-N-G-E-R.com slash Joe Casabona and use the code Joe Casabona at checkout. Thanks to Hostinger for sponsoring the show. And let's get back to it. Aside from inserting your form into the middle or end of your content, are there other places on the website where we can capture information? You know, when I do podcasting, I tell my students to make their call to action really clear, make the ask really obvious. How can we make the ask really obvious outside of our actual content? So one of the things that I like, and this is not necessarily in the website, but I love email. Uh, and I think people still uh, people still send out, you know, a ton of emails. Email is, is not dead, uh, no matter what anyone says. Uh, email still works. Uh, and so one of the things that I like to do is I like to make it very easy uh, for my audience to respond to something in email. And so what you might see is... Um, it could be, you know, a simple yes or no. You know, is this something that you would like to see, yes or no? And in the email, each link is actually, uh, each link actually has a dynamically populated parameter in the link. So the first link that says yes, it will be the link to the page with my form, and it will have a, uh, a dynamic parameter on there that will say, you know, the answer to this field is yes. And then the other one, if it's no, it will go to the same page, but the field will be dynamically populated with the parameter no. So when the person clicks one or the other link, it takes them to the page with the form on it with that parameter already populated. And then I have an auto submit plugin that when that page is visited, the information, the form is automatically submitted and the confirmation, uh, the confirmation message shows up, right? So if you are asking your audience to reply to something, the thing that they um, can be afraid of the most is like, oh gosh, you know, I'm going to have to go take this long form. And you're like, no, in the email, just simply click yes or no, you know, just simply click this link or this link. And they click it and it takes them directly to the page and it says, okay, thank you. Yeah. Because I've already dynamically populated all of the fields that I need directly in the link. So that is actually one of my favorite ways to engage with uh, to engage with with an audience outside of the website or outside of, you know, maybe a, a post itself. Yeah, that and that's really fantastic, right? Because one of the things that I definitely struggle with, I'm sure a lot of people struggle with, is actually getting people to respond to yeah. email, right? Like every week I send out a weekly email uh, and I have, I'll have a question in it or usually the first email I send in a, in a new subscriber sequence is, is this question. But people might not want to write out a full answer or maybe they think I'm, why take the time if I'm not 
they don't think I'm going to read it or something. Um, but making their answer as simple as possible by asking it in the email, having the link include all the information for the form, and then using an auto submit plugin to uh, make it so all they have, to, all you have to do is click, and I'll take care of the rest. I think that's a that's such a great idea, and I'm I'm definitely going to start implementing that on my sites because um, I was doing it with like convert kit tags, but like tags, okay. tags, it, they're not a great way to, well, if you ask Brendan Dunn, they're not a great way to do anything, but <laughs> yeah. um, they're definitely not a great way to like gather information, especially if you're asking different types of questions and I've got too many tags and it gives me agita. So, um, uh, yeah, so so I think this is a great idea. Plus, with Gravity Forms, the information will automatically be stored in your That's WordPress right. site. Awesome. That's right. And then what I do is, um, you know, just in case there is some additional information I need, you know, so let's say I need them to answer another question or provide me, you know, maybe I need a paragraph field because I need them to provide me with something written, um, you know, something, you know, that they've kind of, that they have to come up with on their own, not something mm -hmm. that I can predict. Um, you know, I'll have it so that the form will be able to show that field, but after I've already captured their initial information. So that kind of goes back to my first point, where it's like only collect the information that you need at that time. So I guess you could call it just in time yeah. <laughs> uh, information collection. Uh, That's, you know, yeah. so if I don't absolutely need your email to go to the next point or if I don't absolutely need your last name to move to the next step, then I'm only going to ask you for your first. And then later I can ask you for your last. And if you don't give me your last, that's okay, because I have your first and I can use your first. And we'll get to know each other a little bit better and then you may feel more comfortable giving me your last. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So again, that's that's really important, right? For people who are listening and maybe they are building out more complex websites is you can use Gravity Forms and some of the tools that Naomi has built to um, capture information as it's added, essentially, right? So, um, right? And you should, of course, like I'm not a lawyer and GDPR is a thing <laughs> and other pri privacy protection acts here in the United States are a thing. Um, so, you know, adhere to the laws that govern you and your business. But um, if you can capture what your users are willing to uh, offer, then then do that as soon as you can. Don't make them fill out like a, a mile long form and then make them hit submit. And then, you know, if something goes wrong or they abandon it, you don't have that information. So I think, I think that's really great. That's right. And I think to that point also, uh, in terms of not making them fill out a mile long form, it's also don't make them fill out the information that they've already given you. So use the information that you already have. Yes. Uh, Yes. And there are there are several ways uh, to do that with gravity forms. Yeah, that's that is another that's another thing that I really think about that I I try to implement. You know, I mean, it's it's easier to easier said than done in some cases, yeah. but I make it. I've set up my system so that, for example, if I'm having a sale for one of my courses, I'm not emailing the people who have already purchased. You know, that's that's, right. yeah. that's uh, like a common <laughs> personalization thing. But uh, the same the same for my users, right? If if they've already given me money for something, um, I I only I want to make that the checkout process for the next thing 
as easy as possible where they don't have to put in their address. I don't, I never need their address because I sell digital goods, right? So yeah. I'm only going <laughs> to ask what I need. So that's right. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so there was a lot of really good advice in there. Um, you know, kind of capture, uh, capture what they've already answered and then ask for more information. Um, and then if they're not ready, they don't have to be ready. Right. I, uh, I met somebody, uh, uh, in my younger days at a bar <laughs> and, um, we bonded over cigars and then they just told me way too personal stuff <laughs> for like the first 15 minutes of me meeting them. So, um, you know, the, the, don't don't freak out your users by asking them too many crying yeah. questions at first. Right. <laughs> awesome. And I think As, what you're yeah. Go ahead. No, so I think what you're um, what you're referring to there is the the term that they use called progressive profiling, and um, I think that's a big that's a big space uh, for for Gravity Forms. It really allows you to do some uh, some advanced things. So I have a plugin that does it. Um, and it specifically works with my Salesforce add-on. And so we kind of use Gravity Forms multi-page forms so that whenever they go to the next page, their information uh, their information is updated. Right. So yeah. they start out with page one and then maybe there's a uh, maybe there's a save and continue. You know, and they come back to it and fill out page two and we're progressively updating their Salesforce uh, information. Yeah, that's that's really great. Progressive profiling. I think that's a. I will. Uh, I'll link some more information about that in the show notes too. But yeah. that's uh, if you're interested more in that, that's a great term to kind of Google after you're done yeah. listening to this episode. Yeah. Of course. That, that, yeah, that, that's getting into some uh, some 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 deeper personalization stuff. You know, like you said, Brennan, he talks a lot about that. So. Yeah, for sure, and it's. I mean, it's becoming more and more important. You know, I I. Uh, I went to um, an event a couple of years ago where Brennan spoke um, and personalization was a big part of it. And I was like, eh, do I really need that right now? And um, now I kind of wish I started earlier, right? Because it, yeah. it's the, the more you know about your users, the more you can connect with them and show them, you know, kind of like you said, the just in time information. You know, you're yeah. not trying to sell them um, B when they don't even know about A yet, that's right, right. Or, or whatever. So that's right, and, and you know, and, and to me, I I always see it just as a relationship in a in a conversation, um, and like you said, the key word there is serve. You know, we're here to to serve an audience, and like you said, the more the more that I know, um, you know, the more that we can talk and relate, then the more I can understand your needs, and then I'm able to meet those. So, and I think forms are a great way. Um, to do that, and that's that's actually another use of forms that I see that people really like, and that's with those uh, like quizzes and assessments mm-hmm. and surveys. Um, that is, those are huge. Um, you know, if you go, I think it's BuzzFeed. You know, there are all these sites that all they do is they use these quizzes because people are so attracted to them. Uh, I I have this. Um, there's a talk that I gave about it, and uh, one of the questions I said, you know, is what's your spirit animal? You know, people <laughs> people love that, but whatever your whatever your content is. So let's say for you, if it's podcasting, uh, you can just ask a series of questions, and you can become a recommendation engine uh, for your audience. So ask, okay, you know, how big is your space? Um, you know, what kind of lighting? 
do you have? Uh, how many podcasts a week are you going to be, you know, how many episodes a week are you going to be recording? You know, just to find out their usage and then behind the scenes, you can calculate all of that and give your best recommendations for what they need and say, hey, I'll, you know, I'll email it to you. Yeah. Uh, as, wow. as well. So that's another way to, to kind of capture, um, you know, to capture what's going on. And, you know, I think in, in, the, in the process of building your list, you're also creating content and you're allowing your audience to help you create that content as well. And so I think that that's something to, uh, to point out. This episode is brought to you by iThemes. Uh, now, did you know that 60% of website breaches occur because of a vulnerability that could have been patched but wasn't? That means that having software with known vulnerabilities installed on your site gives hackers the blueprint they need to take over your site. And every day it gets harder and harder to keep track of every disclosed WordPress vulnerability. In fact, just recently, there was a huge vulnerability uh, that affected something like a million sites uh, that was uh, overlooked or maybe just wasn't patched quick enough. And if you don't follow the WordPress news, then you wouldn't know, right? I get a bunch of WordPress newsletters. That's how I knew. But not everybody does that. Well, to solve that problem, the iThemes Security Pro plugin, the iThemes Security Pro plugin created a better way to protect your sites against software vulnerabilities. That is the number one culprit of compromised WordPress websites. And let me tell you, I have been using iThemes Security Pro on lots of my websites. They come included with uh, my hosting provider. And it does a lot more than just scan and patch vulnerabilities. It adds brute force protection. If somebody's trying to brute force my website, I get notifications of lockouts and IP addresses and things like that. It includes two-factor authentication and passwordless logins, and it even has compromised password protection, as well as a whole lot more designed to keep you and your website safe and your customers' information safe. If you have an e-commerce website or just a website with user information on it, right? That's super important these days. So to sum up, the iThemes Security Pro plugin designed to keep your website safe without you having to worry about it, checks for the latest vulnerabilities, patches them automatically so you don't have to, and does a whole lot more. You can get this plugin by going over to howibuilt.it slash iThemes and uh, they'll give How I Built It customers 20% off with the code How I Built It at checkout. That's howibuilt.it slash iThemes to get the best WordPress security plugin to secure and protect your WordPress site. Make sure to use How I Built It at checkout to get 20% off. All right, and now back to the show. You go to these websites and this little, it's probably from Right Message, um, but yeah. it might be Gravity Forms um, or it's some other form or chatbot thing. But uh, it's just like, hey, what are you most interested in? Hey, yeah. 
where are you in this journey? Right. And, and I always think, should I add this? Do I, you know, do I have enough traffic to get useful information? But, um, asking questions about where they are in their in the journey again, helps me serve them. If they already have a podcast, I shouldn't be telling them about my podcast liftoff launch course, right? They don't need to learn how to launch a podcast. Maybe they want to learn how to monetize their podcast or whatever. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's really important. And so, um, as far as quizzes, assessments and, and surveys and maybe other places where you can add forms, this is not something I've tried with gravity forms, but, uh, I assume it's, it's probably possible, right? You have a little form or a modal that you can embed because gravity forms does support like short codes and, and, um, dynamically generating them in places. Um, that's right. Yeah. So th- maybe that's something else to consider as well. Um, and as we come up on time here, I do, I do want to ask you, um, let's say somebody is starting a, a new website. Maybe it's not their first, um, but maybe it is. Uh, what, what recommendations do you have for, let's say, uh, strategically placing a couple of forms on their website and how to get started with Gravity Forms specifically. Okay. All right. So strategically placing the forms on the website. So we kind of talked about in the article, uh, in the article itself. Um, I think another, another good place is, um, and like you mentioned, you know, that right message pop up. You know, when people are, are showing that they are engaged that they're engaging in your content. Um, so, and it could also be specific. So for me, you know, I have a product website, so I may have on each product page, you know, I'll have a, um, you know, a specific form that is directly related to uh, to that product. Uh, another place, and this is for people who uh, who sell things, is right after a purchase, I will ask, uh, a question, uh, because if you think about right at that point of purchases, this person is sold, um, you know, they're sold enough, they pulled out their credit card, they gave you their money. Uh, now is the perfect time, um, you know, to ask something that can help you continue serving them. Uh, so that's another place where I put things. Um, you know, I know people know about exit intents and, and, and those types of things, so I won't go there. Um, I and I personally, this is this might be a little different, but I think when people first visit your website, that could be a good time to uh, to reiterate that, hey, this is a relationship. I want to serve you. Um, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> what do you need? Yeah, I, I, especially if you serve multiple audiences, right? I just set yeah. up a get started page. You know. Um, where I podcasting or development, like I have development courses and a book coming out. It'll probably be out by the time this episode comes out, but, um, yeah, HTML and CSS. Uh, yeah. I talk all about how to build your own form from scratch (laughs) there, uh, which once you read that chapter, you'll probably want to just get a gravity. Actually a quick aside, I was like a little bit rusty in that chapter. I'm like, how do I do this again? Like, how do I associate a label with an input? Um, so, uh, but, um, you know, my, my development audience, well, my podcast audience probably doesn't care about development. So why do I want to tell them about like 
what's new in PHP 8.0 or whatever mm-hmm. if they're if they have no idea what that is. So I think that's really great. Um, I want to ask a follow-up question here, even though I just said like, where's a couple of places you said on each product page, you have a form directly related to that product. I Mm -hmm. am like a, I am somehow a digital hoarder and a minimalist. Um, So I try to keep as few forms as possible on my website, but Mm -hmm. is that, is that the right strategy? Should I have like a bunch of different forms for a bunch of different use cases? Sure. So there's a balance. Uh, It really depends on what you want to track, how you want to track it. And uh, if it's and and here's here's where I, you know, I really kind of draw the line. If it is this the same form and it has the same fields. okay, you don't need, (laughs) you know, like, you know, 99 percent of the fields are the same. And the only thing that's different is the product itself you don't need a different form and you can, you know, use dynamic population to Mm -hmm. distinguish between which page uh, and which product this form was referring to. I mean, I I see that all the time. People will, especially for events, you know, people will have the same exact form and the only thing different is the event name and maybe the event date. And I'm like, okay, you don't need that. Yeah, you can change (laughs) that. Just the same form. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but again, that... Again, there there's there is a balance there. It could depend on your tracking, but I, I still think that you can track effectively even with the same form and just, you know, using that that different parameter. So there is a balance. Um, you know, if it's the same exact fields, ninety-nine percent of the fields are the same, then you can use the same form. But now when you start getting into you're trying to use the same form and you have a lot of dynamically populated fields and conditional logic all over the place, uh, you know, based on each of those things, then, you know, I think it's fair to separate that out into a separate form because um, you're going to run you're going to run into um, into performance issues. You know, once you start because all of that is JavaScript. Uh, that's being calculated on the front end. Mm. So the more conditional logic you have on there, that's the heavier that form is in terms of performance, and you're going to be more likely to run into issues. Um, gotcha. That's that's a great point. And uh, for those who don't know, right, conditional logic, something I love to use, uh, mm. especially if you filled out my contact form on how I built it, um, <laughs> how I built it. Uh, it's basically showing information based on the value or the answer of a different field, right? So uh, for example, if you go to, um, you know, one of my contact forms on, on casabona.org, uh, why are you contacting me? One answer is I I want you to add a link to one of your posts. I get rid of all of the rest of the form information. I say, I don't do that. Right. So, (laughs) um, it's a way for me to hide information and at least make it a little bit harder, right? And people yeah. have to really think, well, I'm a, am I going to deceive this guy just to email him? Um, <laughs> or or on how I built it, uh, if they say like, I want to sponsor the show, it takes them to a, an entirely different form that asks them more questions about the sponsorship and if they're a good fit. So um, I think that's a really good point. Um, and I want to uh, wrap up here with my favorite question. Okay. Which is, do you have any trade secrets for us? Ah, so I think I gave away several. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is always um, the problem with me asking it at the end, is I've already gotten so much good information. I'm like, what's that one more nugget? Um, let's see. So something that I've learned recently uh, or a hard one lesson. 
Mm. <laughs> I'll, 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 how about I'll tee you up, right? Because we both like to okay. speak at a, at a lot of word camps. Yeah. Uh, I know you've given several talks. I, I've given several talks. Mm-hmm. Um, as we record this, we're still in the throes of a global pandemic where yes. the United States is being hit especially hard. Um, what have you, maybe what's a trade secret around continued networking uh, or kind of uh, staying connected with the community when we're, when we have to do it digitally? Yeah. So I think it's um, in that case, it's really important to, for me, uh, I will, I'll just personally reach out to people. Uh, you might notice I'm, I'm not necessarily a, uh, a social butterfly, so I'm not, not all over social media and, you know, that, that's not really uh, my personality, but I do like to stay connected with people, just reach out to them, you know, hey, how are you doing? Um, and be intentional about it, you know, so I will have, and I hate to say it, but, you know, I will have the Zoom meetups. I know some people are Zoomed out, uh, you know, whether it's once a week, uh, once once a month, once once a quarter, you know, I'll make sure that I continue to uh, to just reach out to people and develop those relationships, can, you know, keep those relationships uh, going on. So, uh, you know, I think the community is is important more now than ever. Uh, I didn't realize how much I missed it, um, you know, because I do primarily work from home and then not being able to go out and meet with my local meetup. Uh, you know, and word camps, you know, that those were those were all just very good kind of reprieves from this, um, you know, working by yourself life. So, yeah, for sure. I think that's great. Um, I keep saying I keep thinking, like, if I knew that word camp Miami was going to be like the last meetup, I would have gone to it. Like, <laughs> or the last word camp, I would have gone to it. Um, yeah. I was like, I'll skip out this year because I have like a few other events planned. I won't be traveling after my son's born or whatever. Um, But man, if I had known then, uh, but be intentional. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, 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 that's all right. So I I would say another thing that I noticed during this time is just how important forms are. Um, Because everything has had to transition online. Uh, Forms just have been incredibly important to businesses. I remember when things first happened, my email inbox was full of people trying to scramble and the physical things that they were doing, they needed to be able to transition online, whether it was taking payments. One person, you know, they were still taking payments offline. Well, they needed a way to do that online. Uh, They were transitioning their physical classes to virtual classes. Um, so I would say during, I think this was a, just a great time for people to really look at their systems and really consider how forms, um, could help them, uh, could help them, uh, streamline their workflow. I really think that this was a great time to, um, to really systemize things, uh, using forms. Yeah. That's how, how fantastic. What great, uh, what a great way to tie it back into forms yeah. too. Um, <laughs> Because you're you're absolutely right, and you probably saw, you know, we've both probably ordered things online from establishments that just mm-hmm. got online or just added online ordering, and the good ones I could tell were really good, uh, and yeah. the the, <laughs> the bad ones lost my business, unfortunately. Yeah. But so yeah. or like I, you know, I decided to go through. There's there's like a local restaurant where their website is just a train wreck, <laughs> and so I still go through like. DoorDash or something because it's 
a lot easier for me and I feel a little bit bad about it, but you know, I don't, I don't really trust putting my credit card information on their website. So, yeah. I mean, if it's a company that I really like, I've been volunteering a lot, you know, like, Hey, yeah. You know, you, you just play, you just pay for your tools and supplies. Don't worry about the labor or anything. I will help you. I can do this in my sleep. It'll take me an hour, (laughs) you know, to, to set this up for you. And I have one lady I'm working with now. She said it was taking her the better part, you know, every Monday, it was taking her almost the whole day to manage um, what she was doing because she was doing it manually, mm-hmm. taking the submit. So she was using a form to um, to bring the submissions in to receive the information. But then she wasn't using the power of a form builder where it can actually automate what you do with that information. So she yeah. was manually taking the information received from the form and then putting the information where it needed to go. And I'm like, no, we can automate all of that. I'll be done in an hour and you'll have your time back. Uh, that's awesome. That's, yeah. uh, that's, uh, and that's a really good idea too, is, is volunteer if you can, uh, where you can, if you have that ability. Uh, maybe I'll walk down to the pizza shop today that I was just referring to and offer to build them a nice form. Because um, yeah. <laughs> it'll save you know, me time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. you can only offer, everyone doesn't take you up on it. They're like, no, yeah. we're fine. We'll keep yeah, doing right. it. But the ones that do, you know, it feels great to be able to, to help. Yeah. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, Naomi, this was such, such a great conversation. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, where can people find you? Sure. So people can find me at uh, gravityplus.pro. Uh, that's my add-on business. And then also uh, the Gravity Guide. So the gravity.guide. All right. Awesome. I will link to that and everything we talked about in the show notes over at howibuilt.it. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, Naomi, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much to Naomi for joining us this week. Lot, a lot of I the show notes, the notes I took during this interview are so long. Uh, I just kind of wrote down everything she said. So the notes are going to, the show notes on the page are going to be long. You'll be able to find those over at howibuilt.it slash 195. But she talks about how she loves email. People say email is dead. It is not dead. And she tells us how to capture those emails. But her trade secret about staying connected and reaching out to people is also super important um, because our network's help our business grow. So, uh, and then she talks about how everything's transitioned online. I love that. So anyway, you you can find more information uh, about Naomi and everything that she's doing with Gravity Plus uh, in the show notes over at howibuilt.it slash 195. Now she said email is not dead and I wholeheartedly believe that if I didn't, I wouldn't be putting so much effort into the build something weekly newsletter, which goes out As you can imagine, weekly, you'll get takeaways from every episode and a lot more. So uh, there'll be a sign up page over at, or a sign up form over at howibuilt.it slash 195 for that too. You'll also be able to find out more about our sponsors. Yes, please, coffee, iThemes, and Hostinger. And uh, I want to thank them because the show wouldn't happen without them as we come to wrap up this year. Their support has been incredibly important to me, as has your support. Thank you for listening. 
dear listener. And until next time, get out there and build something. <laughs>